figure, she stops playing with all the other boys. And as she gets ready to squirt and to blast, she'll squeal with pleasure and fluids will spill. As she listens to the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast with my dudes Will the Thrill and Joe Static. And now, Will the Thrill and Joe Static and the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. And welcome back to the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. As you heard from the great Joel Gertner, I'm your host, Will the Thrill. And I am your co-host, Joe Static. Static! You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Spotify. If you listen, please write a review. That is always helpful. And if you do write a review, we will repost it on our Instagram and Twitter accounts at SQD Circle AFP. Again, that's at SQD Circle AFP on Instagram and Twitter. And coming soon, we'll be launching our weekly YouTube live streams, the Wrestling Figure Roundtable at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. Joe, what's up? How are you doing this week? Sunny days when I can. Actually, well, I'm doing pretty good, man. I can't complain. Aside from the beautiful rendition of Sunny Days that you just gave to our (laughs) listeners, we do have some sunny days. We were sweating our asses off in a flea market last weekend. Oh, God. It's about 99 to 100 degrees here. SummerSlam is right here. Bash of the Beach is right here. Can't even go out. You get all wet and disgusting. We're following up just after san diego comic-con at home not a lot of wrestling not a lot of wrestling mostly from mattel which again we have to applaud them for what they revealed last week at san diego comic-con at home most of the reveals we discussed the main ones we discussed they did reveal other figures over the weekend nothing really of note we're not going to go in depth about it today go to www.com head over to ringside collectibles on instagram check out our buddy d freedom on instagram as well they have all the photos there so go check them out listeners they're wonderful guys But we did get something that was not Mattel WWE related. That was from Jazzwares about their AEW line. First, everybody knows that the AEW line is starting to drop in stores. There have been a lot of reports on the internet, on the interwebs, that the AEW action ring and the AEW championship belt have been hitting Walmart locations across the country. Now, I did contact Ringside Collectibles myself, and I asked them, well, what about the figures? And they're still staying firm on a mid-August arrival. So I guess nothing before then, Joe. Yeah, I think the uh, date mid-August is when we'll probably start seeing these uh, hit Walmarts. The release date they have August 3rd, but you know Walmarts is probably going to be two, three weeks after that, depending where you are in the country. I think we're going to probably see those pop it up mid-August, even late August on our end. Hello, everybody. Will the Thrill here. Just a quick update. 
the AEW Unrivaled Collection 1 has started to ship from Ringside Collectibles. So if you were on the first round of pre-orders, you should be receiving your tracking information shortly. And hopefully you have the figures by next week. So that's the update. Thanks again for listening. Yeah, I think through Walmart, that would be true. I'd be surprised to see any actual figures pop up in a Walmart store before Ringside Collectibles releases their pre-orders or their first round of pre-orders, which I'm a part of. So I have a full set coming my way. But there's a lot of uncertainty. We're trying to get some information from Ringside, which we did from Jeremy Padauer, but they're busy. It's Comic-Con season. They're trying to push out more lines. They're trying to get them into the marketplace before year's end. And with that said, what we did see from Jazzwares, Wicked Cool Toys, and the All Elite Wrestling Unrivaled Collection was some new figures that were announced last weekend. Yeah, Jeremy Padauer, he showed some new releases that are going to be in the AEW Unrivaled Series 3. So first up, he showed Orange Cassidy, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Looks pretty cool. I think for the most part, the figure looks spot on. Curious how they're going to do the uh, extra set of hands in the pockets, but I'm sure they'll nail it. The head scan looks a little weird, kind of looks like the Terminator a little bit. But other than that, this is a rendering, so I'm sure by the time figure's done, we'll probably look a little different than that as far as the face goes, hopefully. They also show two other figures. The next one they showed was, he is the bastard. They showed Pac, Pac, Pac. Not much to say here. I mean, his attire always is pretty plain. You know, you got the black trunks, the black boots. Uh, this figure looks great. I like the extra head with the hair on it, you know, on his face, the wet hair. That figure looks good. And last but not least, they showed, I think, everybody's favorite in this set. Actually, it's a toss-up between Arch Cassidy and this one. Darby Allen, which looks great. I think the figure looks perfect. They showed the regular edition that's in, you know, Series 3. And they also showed one of 500 rare edition rendering as well. He's got the kind of grayish shorts with the black tights. And half of his face is painted down to his neck. With the one of 500 rare edition, he has a full half of his body painted, including his arm. And he's got like a grayish, uh, grayish shorts on with the black. And the rare edition actually comes with two sets, if I'm not mistaken here, of uh, skateboards, which is pretty cool. Honestly, I think people want the rare edition rather than the uh, regular edition. Yeah, I thought the reveals were okay. I don't know. I think this line is losing some steam. I just want to throw it out there real quick. I don't mind the releases whatsoever. The reason I say that is because Ringside just released its pre-orders for the Unrivaled Collection 2. I think this is a case of people want to see stuff in their hand. I know we got a little bit of the Bubby Ringside exclusive released, and that was kind of a, a tester to see how everybody would react to the figures. But I think people need a full set of figures in hand. They want to see the packaging. They want to see the various molds, body, torsos, etc. Getting back to the releases, though, Joe, I like all of them. I just don't think anything was super special. I wasn't blown out of my mind by them. Even the 1 of 500 rare edition Darby Allen, it was odd because the photo or the rendering was in black and white. So are they going to do the figure in black and white? I didn't quite think we got an explanation to that. So my whole thing is, yeah, the 1 of 500 comes with the better deco, the more painted body, the jacket, the skateboard, 
But is it going to be a black and white figure as well? We don't really know it. Like the Orange Cassidy, you know, he comes with his hands and then they're going to mold the jeans to have his hands fit inside of them, which is okay. I think they're going to do a great job there. The glasses, the jacket and shirt is up in the air. So Jeremy posted a photo on the Cody Rhodes of the Orange Cassidy jacket and shirt, but said subject to budget. So we may not even get his jacket and shirt together. Maybe we just get one or the other. I'm assuming they would go with the shirt before the jacket, but who knows? So I don't know. I just personally feel even as the pre-order went up for Unrivaled Collection 2, I held back. I didn't jump on it because I'm really not seeing anything that's exciting me. I'm not that invested in an Orange Cassidy character yet because I've only known him for four or five months. I'm not that invested in a Darby Allen right now because I've only known him for four or five months. Ugh, I don't know. And, and you know, Pac is a great, you know, Pac or Pac or whatever you want to call him is a great addition. But again, like you said, it's very plain. So he's got trunks and two different head scopes. They look great. They look super lifelike. But again, personally not feeling the appeal. It's not really resonating any of this with me. I hear what you're saying. It's kind of, you know, they should have had a couple more things planned. You mentioned last episode, they're more geared towards Toy Fair. But I feel like for the reveals, they're kind of just like, oh, who Jeremy on his Twitter was like, oh, who wants to see some reveals? Anybody? If I get a comment, I'll show some. And, you know, he showed the three and yeah, they look good. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, was I really thinking about them after I seen the pictures? No, not really. Not at all, man. I like the three characters. I think people want those three for sure, especially uh, uh, Orange Cassidy. But was I like, oh, man, I can't wait to get these. No, not really. I mean, I'll get them. Yeah, because I like the I like the characters. I like Darby Allen and stuff. I think they're lining up figures that people want, you know, characters they want to see who's on TV every week. You know, Freshly Squeezed is always on. Darby Allen's always thrown into like big matches with Cody and then he's coming out and he's going against what's his name? The Machine. I don't, I don't even know his fucking nickname. Is it the machine? Brian Cage? I don't even know. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, he's in the feud with, well, basically Ricky Starks. It's Ricky Starks and Brian Cage, Mox and, and Alan. They're giving Alan the nod. I'm not saying that, but I've listened to his Busted Open interview and he likes wrestling, but he's guy, this guy's an artistic weirdo, man. I mean, and that's cool. I absolutely love it. I think the character in which he's portraying as a wrestler is him. You know, that is him in real life. Yeah. Well, what you see is what you get. What you see is what you get. But I don't think that translates into a passion for it. I don't see that when he was doing that interview. I didn't see the passion. And when specifically asked about whether or not this guy was passionate about wrestling, he didn't really know how to answer it. And I think he's more passionate about filmmaking. I think he's more passionate about about what professional wrestling will do for him afterwards. I think he, maybe he's more passionate about the production of it, maybe the story aspect of it. I don't know if he's that passionate about the actual wrestling. That just turned me off a little bit as far as him as a professional wrestler. As far as him translating into wrestling figure form, I don't know. Again, I'm just like, eh, okay, eh, eh. Really, what match have I been like, oh my God, I want a Darby Allen? You know, I mean, probably the match against Cody. Yeah, that was a great match. Stay, sticks out. I, I think that's probably his best match since he's been with AEW. One last thing I did want to mention before we move on. I do agree with you. I don't understand their strategy. I think the strategy of not releasing much was because we don't have product in hand. 
And I think that's just the key to it all. More things are getting delayed. I saw on ringside that the Unrivaled Collection 2 is set to drop in late October now. Jeremy told us four weeks ago, a little more than four weeks ago now, geez, we're eight episodes in, that he would have three waves out, three series before the end of the year. I don't think they're getting there. I I knew he wanted to be optimistic about that response, but I just don't see how they do it. We don't have product in hand now. There's supposed to be a late October drop of the Unrivaled Collection Series 2. I don't know how you get to three before January. It doesn't make sense to me. I even thought back then it didn't make much sense because I was thinking, you know, the first series is going to drop in August and then second series, October, November. That's what I was thinking. So, you know, you got the pre-order and that's still still ringside, you know, the pre-order. So the stores, retail, who the hell knows when, when they'll get series two. To say three series are coming out, I... I doubt it. If they do it, hats off to them again. I applaud them, man. Again, I just don't think it's realistic given this uncertainty in everything right now, especially within the chain of logistics and whatnot. Okay, I digress. We'll move on. I thought it was a good showing by AEW, Jazzwares AEW, but I thought they could have done a little better. That's it. We're not talking about SDCC until next year. I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm like, oh. God. I like the figures I saw. Hats off to everybody, and we'll go from there. The last thing we wanted to discuss before we get into the gorilla position is some shout-outs. So I want to give some shout-outs this week in particular. I want to actually give a shout-out to at CrossFam for Life. That's at CrossFam for Life on Instagram. This dude's awesome. He actually has an Instagram account with his son. He does a lot of fink hunting, throws up a ton of great photos. He also does a lot of meet and greets with wrestlers. So check him out, follow him. He threw a picture up on his story of an Elite 77 packaging variant for Rick Root. And I was like, whoa, I need that Chase version, which it was the Chase version that he had up there. I went into the DMs. Said, hey, man, what's up? You selling that fig? He was selling it, bought it instantly off of him. So I want to thank him. It is confirmed. Mattel, WWE, Elite 77, Rick Rude will have packaging variants. And those variants have him without a robe, which is really cool. The actual robe is folded up and placed on the side under their interchangeable hands. So you get to finally see the tights for both figures. There will be running changes on both figures. Just keep a lookout for them. If you're a hashtag bin on card for life collector, hashtag MOC for life collector. There you go. There's another. There's four Rick Rudes now you need for your collection if you're a completist. So pretty crazy. Job. Yeah, man. That's awesome. That Rick Rude I actually seen today with, with the different tights and the, the robe kind of folded on the side. Uh, they're growing pretty quick, man. If they pop up, they're pretty much gone. So that's a cool pick. Cool find. I just want to give a quick shout out to Steve over at Franken Culture. You can find him on Instagram 
at Franken Culture. That's uh, one word together. Steve's a great guy, man. You know, we've been talking for a long time now, and you know, he's he's helped me out here or there, and he's a supporter of the show since day one, pretty much. So I just want to give Steve a shout out, man. Want to say what's up? Go check his page out at Franken Culture on Instagram, man. He's a great dude, nice, genuine guy. Awesome, yeah, definitely love Steve. Thank you so much for all the support. You're always liking everything on Instagram. It doesn't go unnoticed, my friend. We want to thank you and. We- with that, I just want to end this introduction to episode eight with one thing. So Joe, I've got a lot of feedback and people were saying that I went too far with the DX impersonating the nation figure suggestion. I know. I'm like, okay. So I just want to state this real quick. This is wrestling and this is wrestling figures. You guys just got to simmer down a little bit. The suggestion is all in good fun. It's one of the most funniest segments from an entertainment perspective. That's it. Entertainment perspective ever done on Raw. And that's all I got to say about that, Joe. I mean, I don't know what else to say. We're going to continue to do what we do here on the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. I think we always do it with taste. We do it for or in the vein of entertainment. And that's it. You know, I think it's as simple as that. That's all I got to say. There's not much to say. We've been collecting wrestling figures since the early 90s, 1990. We've been watching wrestling since before that. We've pretty much seen it all. I mean, that's one of the best segments in Raw's history. To see it in figure form, yeah, I understand, you know. In these times, maybe it's not a good idea, you know. But at the end of the day, we're wrestling figure collectors, and we're not looking into it that much. It's a great segment. DX is popular. You know, at the same time, you know, we kind of say what we want to say here, and If you don't like it at the end of the day, man, you don't have to listen. I mean, it's as simple as that. I think nowadays, Will, people all want to have a voice. They're on Instagram. They're here. They're there. Everybody's a big shot. And just because they could sell figures online, they think they're the president of the United States. And that's not the case. So to each their own. And we're going to keep rolling like we do. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. And speaking of the president of the United States, he got voted in when he wanted to grow women. (laughs) There you go. I don't know what to say to you all out there, but that's it. Dude, listen to the end of last week's episode, Eddie Guerrero's quote, man. That's all you got to say. That's all you got to say. Listen to last week's episode to Eddie Guerrero's quote that Joe Static read to you all. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you, baby. Suck it. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for all the support. And now we're moving on. To this week's edition of the Gorilla Position. I can feel electricity in the air. And the electricity support. Will you stop? And in this week's edition of the Gorilla Position, we will be taking a trip on the road to English Town Flea Market, where Will the Thrill and Joe Static find an amazing amount of wrestling figures. You decided to come to my hood down in the South Jersey, as you my, would call my it. My old stopping grounds, man. Your old stopping grounds. 
Joe Static decides to come to Will the Thrill's stomping grounds, his old stomping grounds. And that was last weekend. We kind of run amok all over the place and we hit up a flea market, a very, very old flea market. I used to go to this flea market when I was a kid. It's the English Town Flea Market in New Jersey. It's basically where they filmed The Walking Dead season one. Basically, this is a dirt flea market, guys. This is old school sand and dirt. You're stretching through it. And we were there for basically one reason. We didn't want to go to, you know, they used to call it the dirt mall back in the day. But there is a vendor there, a Heather and Dan over at Funkenstein Wrestling Superstore. They're located in the blue building at the English Town Flea Market because they do have buildings and then they have an outside flea market. So Heather and Dan have one of the largest selection of wrestling figures I know of in a single location within New Jersey. And they're great people. They like to deal. So we went over there and we had a huge, huge haul from there. But first, I want to get into something we found in the dirt. Because we're walking along. We're fucking walking along. And we're like not expecting to find anything because you very rarely find anything. We're seeing uh, broken down, ruthless aggression, Randy Orton figures. What else did we see? Just a a bunch of. Oh, tire irons. um, Prostitutes. Lawnmowers. Fucking chips ahoy. I mean. Mayonnaise in the sun. Mayonnaise in the sun. Sweating. Uh, Disgusting. Hookers. There were, there were a couple of those too. I'll tell you. <laughs> we found out when we went behind the building. <laughs> the yellow building we went behind. Joe, why did you keep telling me that you had to go to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> tell you one thing if June listens to this, she's going to give you shit. But anyway, she might. She might believe that story. Oh, God. Forget about it. I know. We may be down a podcaster here. (laughs) Getting back to the conversation, we're walking around. I see this old school turnstile with a bunch of watches on it. And I see a Ghostbusters watch, those old school Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters watches that came on those beautiful purplish bluish cards, just like the, the Kenner Ghostbusters figures. They came on those beautiful cards. So I tell Joe, I'm like, dude, look at those watches, man. I've never seen anything like this. I'm in awe with the watches. So I run up and I go and I look at these watches. I'm like, holy shit, these are legit 1980s Ghostbusters watches in package, sealed. And I'm just like crazy. So I'm just going crazy. I think then I'm like to the woman behind the table I'm like, oh my God, what's this? What's this? I don't even know what happened to Joe. I can't hear him because I think he was in fucking shock. You must have been in shock because I'm fixated on these watches. You are off to the side, not saying anything. I thought you just fucking lost it. And then (laughs) I turn to you and he's like, bro. And I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? fuck oh my god <laughs> i don't even know what to say it was like in, in our in our uh in our blind spot we we're, we're looking at the watches i'm like oh shit a full set of these too man these are in great condition and then you know i look to the left and i'm like what the fuck a full table of hasbro figures wrestling buddies loose figures hasbro rings tna rings that are really hard to find i mean there was so much stuff there and i was like holy shit i whispered a will almost i'm like all right, don't say anything kind of deal because you, you don't know what you're going to expect here. And this guy gets out of the fucking car <laughs> and I knew I could smell it, man. I've been selling toys and action figures and you know I've been a vendor a long time. I could smell it on this guy before he gets out of the car. So he gets out of the van with a fucking big Gucci shirt on. It doesn't fit him. Uh, 
<laughs> he's got like a small on. Meanwhile, he's in XL. A Gucci sweater, chain. I don't even fucking know. Uh, <laughs> I knew it was going south as soon as he got out of the car, pretty much, Will. Uh, I knew it. And then wafting in the air, I thought I had a Giorgio Armani cologne scent circling about, but I had my mask on, but I, I had this faint hint of Giorgio Armani hitting the nose. And I look over to Joe and I have, mind you, Joe, remember, I was wearing my WrestleMania 6 Ultimate Challenge t-shirt, an original one, Tank. I'm wearing this shirt that's fucking $150 at this dirt mall flea market. And the guy walks out. And like Joe says, he's wearing this Armani shirt that is black. Oh, it's Gucci. Is that the same thing? I don't even know. I don't even fucking know. They're all the same. And it's black. It's 90 degrees, 100 He's got a long sleeve on. He's got a long sleeve on. From that point on... We knew this was going to be ridiculous. Should we talk about the galoob first? I guess, yeah. Talk about the stinger. That's a good introduction. And then and then you could you could do the rest. So he has a basic galoob surfer sting, bendy on the card. He's telling me it's a variant. The makeup is different. And it's not. It's the regular makeup it comes with, you know, the black. I'm like, okay. Oh, it's a variant. No, it's not. Anyway, I'm looking at it. He has it in this baggie. It's all wet inside because the condensation inside the baggie. So the fucking card's probably all destroyed anyway. So I, I want to humor it because honestly, I, I'll just hit, you know, if he, it's a good price, you know, I'm like, you know, on the card, whatever. I look closer. Of course, the card's yellowed. The bubble's cracked. I'm like, okay. I ask him how much. He says a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Now there's one on eBay uh, I'm bidding on right now, nine ninety nine. <laughs> anyway, whatever you know, it is what it is. But will we knew right off the bat what road we were going down? Joe, okay, so I hear all this go down. I'm standing, I'm looking at this fucking guy straight in the face, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" So he's got the Hasbro's out there, and really, like Joe said, everything was in just such poor condition, just not kept well. Basically, what happened was he must have had these figures in an air-conditioned environment. And then what happened was he decided to obviously bring them to the flea market and put them out in 100-degree weather. Mind you, he's got every figure wrapped in plastic that's not breathable. So this is the kind of plastic where, I don't know, I think he's did it with some sort of a machine or something that it's like he's got everything wrapped in plastic. Ghetto style, man. I'm telling you, like, oh, I don't, God. You don't see this shit these days machine wrapped in plastic so anyway joe i think there was a warrior series two on a foreign card i think i had probably asked him how much that was first and he said something like 300 dollars. <laughs> and then you what the fuck so i just walked away at that point then before you gave up you asked about the repo man yeah so he had a repo man there i understand hasbro's have gone up but i'm not spending more than 40 or 50 bucks for a card repo man that was the price about four or five months ago I'm not going to do it. It's just not that rare. And not only that, in this case, the card was all busted. And I do know the going value for a repo, man, because I'm in the market, is about 100 bucks on eBay, but I ain't paying it, and nor should you. If you're listening to this podcast right now, you pay fucking $100 for a card at repo, man, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you're, screwing, you're screwing the market. They're probably not even paying for it. They're probably canceling the sale and leaving the sold Who listing. Who the fuck knows? Right this is what this guy does. He boosts up the bidding, cancels the sale, or 
just pays with his own money and writes himself a positive review. I digress. So after the repo, man, the guy's just yapping, yapping about Hogan and how expensive Hogan's are now. And he's my favorite wrestler. And I move on and he's got some Star Trek. He's got some Galoob Star Trek. I'm in. The, I'm into like Galoob. Star Trek, Next Generation. What? No, that was like early 90s. So I walk over. He's got the diecast Enterprise. And I'm like, how much for the Enterprise? He's like, a hundred (laughs) bucks. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I said, I can get one for fucking $17.99 shipped on eBay right now. Oh, you got to show me the eBay listing then. You got to show me the eBay listing. This guy's, it seemed like he got to a car accident. I showed him the eBay listing and then he said, well, I could work on you with the price. I said, no, there's no working. It's 20 bucks or I'm not buying it. That's it. There is no working on the price. You had it listed at $100. Okay. Go fuck yourself. So at this point in time, I'm just saying, what's this? What's the price of this? What's the price? Then all of a sudden, Joe probably shit his pants. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm like, I'm gonna give you 1500 bucks for all the Hasbros on the table. And I would have given him the $1,500 for all the Hasbros on the table. He fucking turns me down. (laughs) Dude, that guy's in a fucking fantasy world. Fantasy world. Fantasy world. And then you start talking to him about the doink and stuff, which was a nice figure. I mean, out of all the figures, I think the best ones that I saw was the Repo Man, the doink, and the Yoko. You know, they're not perfect cards. They had some bends and stuff, but not super large creases, clear cards. They looked good. The bubbles were good. I don't understand. People at that flea market have like $5, $10 in their pocket. They're not spending $200 a figure in a dirt flea market. So the guy was out of his mind, bro. He he really was. Well, I mean, he definitely didn't seem all there anyway. At the end of the day, if we were to buy anything like that, like he had the Legion of Doom for $300, the card's completely destroyed. If we were to buy any of that stuff, we would probably take it off the card anyway. I just wanted to educate the guy a little more, you know. You know, sell what you can, man, you know. It is what it is. The doink isn't worth what he was asking in mint condition, maybe if he presented it a little better, I think maybe, you know, he could ask for certain prices. The cases were damaged. Looked like he jumped on all the figures before he took them out of the car. The cases were all, looked like somebody stomped on them. You take the crushed cases, the destroyed cards, the wet cards, the plastic, the 100 degree weather, his asinine prices. You know, it was it was a good laugh, I guess. It was just a good laugh. It was a good laugh. You know what it was all together? Take the guy out of the equation. It's a great nostalgia moment. I remember walking up flea markets and having beautiful Hasbros and maybe not so much beautiful Hasbros at times when I was a kid, just walking the flea market or walking any outdoor market. And to have that kind of find this day and age and share it with people, I think it's very important. And I know you shared it on the Twitter account. We didn't get the lot. All right. We got turned down. $1,500 we were turned down for that lot. So we're not selling anything. Okay, guys, this is a big work. I'm glad that we got you. Listen back because we're going to do more of this shit. And it's not a work because guess what? The post that Joe put didn't say that we bought anything. All right. So that's the story for our Hasbro find at the English Town Flea Market. Moving on, why we were really there, we wanted to check out Funkenstein because, again, they have such a large selection of wrestling figures. And we probably had to spend about close to $500 in (laughs) Funkenstein. That'll tell you that we were really up for buying those Hasbros, but unfortunately, we couldn't do it. 
We do have our Funkenstein posts on our Instagram and Twitter pages, so go check them out. Man, they had some great Toy Biz stuff. I absolutely love Funkenstein. I found a couple Genesis figures from our You'll Never Forget the name segment. Again, I found some Toy Biz figures. I found that bootleg Sandman ECW wrestling, what is it, Federation figure. You found a couple of things as well. I was happy with the purchases there. Well, I, I enjoyed uh, looking around the store. I haven't been there in a long time. So to get back there on Saturday, it was fun. You know, man, I was able to pick up the uh, Adrenaline Crime Time 2-pack. I've been after that 2-pack for a long time, believe it or not. So I was able to get the Crime Time Adrenaline 2-pack for a good price. I got Grudge Match, if you you go back, listen to episode one, you'll, you'll get to hear about that. But I got the grudge match. It was on a perfect card. Brett and Austin. Uh, I got some BCAs that I needed on card, Pillman and uh, Steve Austin. And I got bootleg psychosis figure. And Willie, thank you very much. You traded me to a nice B-Day gift. You got me the Unleashed Billy Kidman, which I added to my uh, collection, man. So thank you. You're very welcome, my friend. We just had a wonderful time again. I just want to give their information to our listeners. Again, that's Funkenstein Wrestling Super store on ebay and facebook they do have an ebay store again funkenstein wrestling superstore on ebay you can follow them on instagram at funkenstein shop that's f-u-n-k-e-n-s-t-e-i-n-s-h-o-p and in their bio on their instagram page there is a link to their ebay store That's it. We had a wonderful weekend. It was great seeing you, Joe, as always. We'll do it again sometime soon, and hopefully we can bring it to the podcast and have some more great stories. Hopefully bring them to YouTube, too. I mean, I think that's what we're going to eventually do, guys. So keep a lookout for that. So check back next week for another edition of The Gorilla Position. Are you ready? Are you ready for the, oh my God, figure of the week? Joe, we are going back. We are going back to the extreme, baby. (laughs) Gotta keep up separated. (laughs) Real quick, before we let the listeners in on what we are reviewing, I just want to say... When I started watching ECW back in late 95. ECW, 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 ECW. Raven was probably my favorite wrestler of the promotion. He still is a a toss-up between a couple. That's for another day. But Raven's one of the coolest. And today we are reviewing one of his best figures. TNA, Deluxe Impact Will, Series 5, Legends of the Ring. Joe, I was... As all collectors, all wrestling figure collectors were at the time, just yearning. We were waiting. We were hoping to receive a Ruthless Aggression style Raven figure. It was many years, many years, many years to get a proper Raven with a good face scan that went along with your Ruthless Aggression collection. And we finally got it as they hit in 2010, 2011. I remember this. I didn't think it was going to be a reality. Jax Pacific and the WWE moved on from their license. The year after it ended, they decided to partner 
with another wrestling organization, TNA Wrestling, Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. And what they did was genius. They decided to continue the classic superstars line by producing a new line called Legends of the Ring. And Joe, they had a full set of these figures. Then they also released them within the TNA Deluxe Impact line. So it was pretty exciting to get some of the names that we always yearned for that we couldn't get under the WWE license. Very, very fun. And this Raven figure probably is within the top five, I would say, on my list of the figures that I always wanted and that we finally got. Yeah, well, this might be, I mean, going down the line, I have a soft spot for his original San Francisco figure. You know, I like the Sunday Night Heat. I like the one in the Renegades three-pack, uh, going back a couple episodes with that one, too. Yeah, well, the uh, Legends Raven, Ruthless Aggression Style. If you're a Raven fan, you definitely were waiting for something like this. You know, Raven has worked in every promotion. He spent a lot of his years in TNA. Pretty much the last major promotion he worked for. He's a former NWA heavyweight champion under TNA, which he won in 2005 at Slammiversary in the uh, King of the Mountain match. So that propelled him to getting in the Legends line as far as TNA goes. And we finally got it here, Will, with this, you know, Ruthless Aggression style Raven that was released in, you know, 2010, 2011. Going back to a little bit, I mean, we love this kind of packaging. I mean, the packaging is amazing. If I remember correctly, it's one of your favorite kind of packages. It is. I absolutely love it. It has this really cool matte design on it. So it's this black matte finish on the pretty much all the black and areas of the packaging. And what they did is obviously the godfather of wrestling figures, Jeremy Padauer, he took the classic superstars packaging design, which was very, I would say round. The design to me is more round in areas and less angular, but he used certain elements of those rounded designs, even from the crown of the top of the packaging he used that in this Legends of the Ring packaging where, but he made it more rectangular, more square, more angular. And I love it because you had that angular look to it. The package actually holds up well over time. They use a thicker cardboard, which is great. And then in addition to that, you have this beautiful kind of black mat all over the packaging. And then in all the areas of logos and photos, they used a glossy finish over them. So it just pops. All that photo, all that logo pops off the packaging. I absolutely love the packaging design of this Legends of the Ring line. Personally, now I haven't had the AEW, the Jazzwares Wicked Cool Toys AEW Unrivaled Collection in my hand, but I personally think he's really, what he's done is he's taken classic superstars, he's taken the Legends of the Ring line, and he's kind of mashed them together. You see on the AEW packaging, there's a lot of that more angular look to it, especially in the logo because they do have a rectangular logo. But he has all those elements of the old classic superstars patching. So I think it's a great mashup. I absolutely love packaging because I'm a hashtag MOC for life collector, mint on card for life. This is just a classic design to me. 
it pops. Yeah, same here, Will. I mean, I love the Jack's Classic box. That's probably my favorite packaging. And the Legends line from TNA pretty much brought that back almost. And I love that. Even the figures inside, you know, like the Hogan's okay. And, you know, a couple of the other ones. This thing's pretty good. But I mean, the box just really pops. It makes the figure look that much better. Very, very cool if you're a Min on Cart collector. So yeah, dude, I'm, I'm all for that. You know, looking inside the package at the Raven, I mean, this is one of the coolest Raven figures ever. Has real scan, you know, his head scan's awesome. He comes with removable pleather jacket. The jacket's really, it's not those scrawny jackets. I mean, this is a really heavy duty pleather jacket on the figure that uh, Raven is wearing. Underneath the jacket, he has a pretty cool design. He's wearing a Raven shirt with his face on it, which looks great underneath the jacket. He has sculpted jean shorts and accurate tattoos on the figure, which makes the figure pop as well. I enjoy how the figure is displayed looking at the back of the box. You know, they have the figure loose with the spotlight on it, which is cool because you could see the figure displayed loose. It fits with the packaging. It's got the spotlight on it. A little detail of the wrestler's career, why they chose it under the Legends line. This is later on, you know, Raven later on in his career, pretty much. He's got the makeup on black around the eyes and the one black line down the right eye his hair is in thin really fine braids which they did a great job on as well both hands are taped up you know typical raven fashion there and honestly will you know over the years this figure men on card is definitely increased in value over the past few months over the past six months has definitely gone up i feel like a couple, maybe six, seven months ago, before the new year, you can get this figure probably 30, 40 bucks. Now it's reaching, right now it's like 85, somewhere between 85 to $130 if you want it mint on a card there. So the value's increased, and this figure is probably one of the best Raven figures released. I agree, Joe. I got it right here mint on card for life, hashtag MOC for life. Yeah, I mean, how cool is that holding that close up? It's amazing. I'll tell you, Joe. The description is spot on. I'm not going to go more into the description, but when you have this in hand, the paint apps and just the overall highlights that Jack Pacific used on this particular Raven figure were awesome. I love the jean short mold, which was used several times throughout the RA line, so nothing new. Every time I look at this figure, and even when it's in the packaging, I think it's one of the best Raven figures of all time. I know the OSFTM ECW figures are great as well, but this one, it spans across time. You can use this as a TNA Raven, or you could use this as an ECW Raven in your collection without a doubt. And that's what I love about this figure. I think, you know, he did have the kind of makeup under the eyes, primarily in his TNA days. If you're a customizer, you want to do this so loose, you can kind of look past that. You know, even Raven back in the ECW days had that kind of hair. Sometimes it would be wet. Sometimes it wouldn't be. It would be kind of all matted at times. This Raven really spans across many eras. I think you could put it in any era of your collection. I personally think it is the best Raven ever produced. I just absolutely love it. Every aspect of the figure is perfect. That's pretty much all I got to say. And that's why we chose this figure to be an oh my God figure of the week. Yeah, without a doubt. Both of us are huge Raven fans. This is one of his best figures ever released. Love the figure. Love the packaging, Will. This checks all the boxes like we like to say on the show. And uh, yeah, 
It's going into the, oh my God, figure of the week. And listeners, it checks all the boxes. It needs to be in your collection. It has to be in your collection. And that's why we think that this Jack Pacific TNA Legends of the Ring Raven is an, oh my God, figure of the week. And you will never forget the name Beyond the Mat Terry Funk. You. Joe. Wow. Beyond the Mat, taking it back to 1999, was one of the most epic DVD movies, miniseries, documentaries in the world of professional wrestling. It was literally this day and age's dark side of the ring. Yeah, it it was. I remember seeing this when it was released. I honestly forgot about it, Will, to be honest. And the figures, I think this is why it's under the segment. We're going to get to that. But the DVD I seen back in the day when it was released, and uh, I remember from what I remember, it was fun to watch. This uh, figure was released in part with that Beyond the Mat DVD. The documentary is very similar to Dark Side of the Ring. I love Dark Side of the Ring. So, you know, I, one day I got to rewatch the Beyond the Mat DVD anyway. But it was released in 99, which, you know, was a great year, especially, you know, for wrestling. It was uh, also directed, written, produced, and narrated by Barry W. Blostein. The film is pretty cool. The documentary focuses on the lives of professional wrestlers Mick Foley, Terry Funk, and Jake the Snake Roberts. And it focuses on the WWF and ECW during their rise in popularity with the extreme nature of the content at the time. And the film was originally released in U.S. theaters in March 2000. And later on, Will, uh, I remember VHS and DVD, which I watched the uh, DVD of it. Yes, and I actually watched the VHS, I remember. Again, it was just a great documentary shoot series. I don't know if you remember this, but there was a video, I think it was called RF Video. That was the producers. And they used to make all these wrestling shoot style interviews. And they had them, I believe, on cassette. I believe they had them on VHS. But I think the company was called RF Video. And I remember acquiring so many of them. They used to be at a local flea market of mine. The vendor there had a ton of them and I'd go purchase them. The R of Video stuff was the genesis of the Beyond the Mat series. And I thought it was perfect timing. 99 was one of the high points in professional wrestling history, that kind of mid to late 90s era. We all wanted to know more about extreme wrestling. Why not focus on some of the most extreme wrestlers to ever be in the squared circle? Well, who? Will? Stop. Oh, he's ba- Oh Turn. my god, are you back? Listen, listen, you son of a bitch. Hey, wait, hold on. I gave you credit for signing that goddamn figure. Listen, took me 3 hours to sign that figure, you piece of shit. And, uh... I want you to know. Hold on. Give our listeners a little background about the figure you signed for me on the past episode. It took me. I don't remember the day, Will. I don't remember the year, you fucking bastard. And I don't remember signing it, to be honest with you. 
<laughs> Terry, Jesus Christ, did you even sign it? It might have been my nephew. Fucking nephew. You fucking scumbag. But uh, it, if it was me, I don't remember. And it might have took me an hour, hour to write it. So, looking back on this DVD and the spinning toll hold, one of the worst finishers in wrestling history. I just want to say, I can't remember. Well, there you go, folks. There's Terry Funk back on the podcast. That's his second appearance. You guys are so lucky to have a man of his stature in your presence. And not only that, we are very lucky here at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast. Yeah, thank you, Terry, for coming on. Yeah, I mean, Terry, thank you so much for coming on. We're going to talk a little bit about your figure now because the Beyond the Mat series is amazing. Your figure is also amazing. These are interesting. These were um, figures were specifically made by Shara Pro. Traditionally, Shara Pro makes Japanese figures. They have made so many of the greats in Japan, so many of the greats from the US that wrestled in Japan. And this was really a beautiful rendition of Terry Funk. Absolutely love the figure. Very limited. I believe it's about one of 500, maybe one of 700. And the attire is amazing, Joe. Dude, I love this figure. If you've never seen this figure before, and you know, to our listeners, if you, if this isn't, you know, a part of your collection, you know, collect this line, whatever there, but... If you're uh, an ECW figure collector, you like Terry Funk, you're a Terry Funk fan. This figure, when you look it up, you see it in the package, you know, the way it, if you want to display it loose, if you're a minnow card collector, all around, this figure is fantastic, man. And it comes in the classic Terry Funk attire. You know, you have the red Terry Funk headband with the black, red, and white striped tights. He has the traditional black boots with the white uh, around the laces. Comes with a generic title. It's basically just a black, you know, black strap, gold belt. Not too much design, Will, on the title. It's just, a, you know, like a gold, black, and white. I mean, not black and white, excuse me. It's just a black leather title with the gold, uh, gold plate. It comes with still really cool for the figure to come with the title for Terry. It also comes with Beyond the Mat t-shirt for him to wear, which honestly, if I was taking this off the package, the shirt would probably go in the trash. Kind of just want the figure there in the belt. It's about four and a half inches in height. The card has a picture of Terry Funk behind the figure. Looks like a shot from honestly the documentary. And it has a interesting Beyond the Mat graffiti logo in the right corner. It's a very well done graffiti logo for Beyond the Mat, it says on the front. Flipping over to the back of the card, it has Terry on it in between barbed wire. So it has a piece of barbed wire, Terry's face, barbed wire. Underneath that, it has some images from the the uh, DVD, the Beyond the Mat documentary from Terry's matches, a couple old school matches, shot of young Terry, n- nice mashup on the back of the card from his classic matches. It's, you know, men on card, like I said, Will, loose. In that attire, I love that attire from Terry. I honestly like the gray yellow one a little better, but this one is awesome. Comes with the extra accessory with the title. It's a fantastic Terry Funk figure to add to your collection. I absolutely love this Terry Funk figure. Listeners, think Jack's Classic Superstar Series 5 Terry Funk. That's the attire right here. Taped fists, taped hands, headband, like Joe said. It's got that kind of striped 
tights on there with the red, white on there, red, white, and black. Yeah, I just think this is a great and not only great, but fun figure to add to your collection because it's funny how Beyond the Mat had the ability to go to Shower Pro, a very well-known Japanese maker of wrestling figures, and brand this with them. I thought it was fun. So I think it's very fun that Beyond the Mat, which was US-based, partnered with a toy producer that was based in Japan. I think this relationship probably came to fruition when they were doing a lot of their research in Japan about Terry Funk, McFoley, etc., and the popularity of Terry Funk in Japan. So that was the key there. So I think it was just a great partnership. It's a great wrestling figure. Like you said, the Beyond the Mat branding, I don't know, it just holds a little special place in my heart. Just to remember the actual documentary series and that graffiti logo is fun, especially for the time. I think it's a little out of place for Funk and a lot of these other wrestlers. But at the same time, I think it just harkens back to a time. Very nostalgic. I like the size of it, the sculpt of the figure, the size, the paint, the deco on it. It's really well done, but I love the size of that figure. You know, I think this figure is great on card, but this is almost like a figure you want to display loose with the belt. I agree with the belt. Yeah, the gold belt. And not only that, it's, it is very much a non-articulated figure. I think it only has movement in the arms yeah. like that. It's more of a statued presentation you're going to get out of this figure. Perfect on the card, but again, yeah, take him out, put the belt on him, add him to your collection. In that case, you may not have to spend $200 for it because that's what this is going for right now in the market. It's about anywhere from $150 to $200 min on card, but maybe you can find one loose and pay a little less. Guys, I'll tell you one thing. I absolutely love this card design. I absolutely love the figure. This is kind of the quintessential Terry Funk figure. I've always remembered him in this attire. If you have an image of Terry Funk in your head, at least if I do, it's this attire. This was his hardcore ECW Japan attire. It's got to go in the collection. And this is why you will never forget the name Beyond the Mat Terry Funk. You. Look at this. Look at this. You talk about a house of fire. You're seeing it right here. And welcome to this week's edition of Joe, I'm busting it open this week because we were at Funkenstein Wrestling Superstore at the English Channel Flea Market, and I found to add to my loose Toy Biz WCW collection. A Power Slam WCW wrestler, Canyon. <laughs> you know, Will, I always wanted this figure, man. So to find it this weekend, it was a great price. It definitely fits the segment, I think. I'm curious to see it, you know, hear about it out of the package. It's a fun figure, man. I think it's Canyon's only figure. I think it's Canyon's how only the, figure. How the fuck did this get a figure and Mortis in it? I don't know because Mortis is the man, baby. What I'm amazed at is this is 
probably one of the most lifelike figures in this line. Power Slam WCW wrestlers, they were produced in 2000. They were one of the last Toy Biz WCW lines. It's funny, the names in this series are Goldberg, Kevin Nash, Sting, Hulk Hogan, you, you got Hack Dennis on Rodman. You got Hack, which is probably one of the <laughs> best Sandman figures that was ever released. No joke, bro. He comes with the barbed wire and everything. Absolutely love that figure. Roddy Piper, et cetera, et cetera. But this canyon, out of all of them, has an amazing, amazing face scan sculpt. I don't even know if they had scanning technology. I think they were utilizing it a little bit toy biz at the time. But the body, the proportions are all in line. Because in the line, I mean, some of the proportions, the body proportions were off the wrestlers. And I don't know. I just, I absolutely love this Power Slam WCW wrestling figure line. And I love this canyon from that line. Really quickly to go over the card. The card is huge. The bubble on this thing is huge. And their bubble on most of these figures are huge from this line because they gave them outlandish, huge accessory. I mean, you had hack come with freaking hot dog cart yeah like unnecessary accessories unnecessary accessories man i mean at least rowdy piper came with bagpipe you had dennis Rodman coming with a breakaway basketball <laughs> what the fuck hoop yeah it's crazy why does hogan come with a sting painting he comes with a sting painting <laughs> i have no fucking idea but anyway so these are huge bubbles this is a series i cannot keep min on card for life because of the sheer size of these these things wait will will real quick what the fuck does buff bagwell come with he comes with the little nature baby oh Woo! my god and why does sting come with a cutout of macho man Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's another toy company, NECA, which I don't want to say the name of NECA, that just produced a set of action figures, NECA, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures, NECA. They came with Bebop and Rocksteady cutouts. So <laughs> the cutouts alive and well, baby, even in 2019, 2020. You know what? I'll take the macho cutout. Anyway, so getting back, the card, big bubble card. The funniest thing about them, you know how you have an insert these days of the wrestler's photo and everything on the front of the card? This is actually a stick, which is weird. You don't see that very often on cards these days where the photo of the wrestler on the front of the card, his name with catapulting steel staircase. That is an entire sticker that goes across the bubble. And then obviously on the back of the card, you have all the wrestlers that were released in the series and you have a little bio for Canyon which has his signature move, the Flatliner. So, I don't know. I love this figure, man. I'm, I'm going to start busting it open. I'm, I'm ready, man. Woo! Here we go. Here we go, doll. Dude, I can't get this thing off. Oh, there it goes. Oh, yeah. There it goes. That was it. You know what's so funny about this? The back of the card has electricity housing. Like, it's so weird if you look at this card. These stairs probably cost more to make than the figure. Let's just put it. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you that right now. These stairs, they're heavier than the figure, Joe. 
It's fucking ridiculous. The types of I like the black and blue. Well, if you dude, go into a little dude. detail on that. Okay, so I'm I'm getting it out. I'm getting it out. Hold hold your horses here. I'm still admiring the stairs here. I mean, these stairs have catapulting action, baby. The face looks like somebody I used to go to high school with. Got this figure in hand, man. I'll tell you, I. I these Toy Biz figures are amazing. Guys, listeners, if you don't have these in your collection, they are probably the best wrestling figures of the era. I have to admit, they are. Very lifelike body, very lifelike head scan, on point. You have articulation in the shoulder, in the elbow, in the hand. Cannon has a thinner style body, which is very accurate. Is very tall and thin wrestler. You have articulation in the legs, at the knees, the ankles as well. And then when you get to his tights, they have this matte finish with these blue logos over them. And these blue logos are great. They're kind of shiny. The blue logo on the butt is actually a little shinier than the ones on their thighs but they're still really nice the detail on this is incredible joe i absolutely love this figure the articulation for a figure from the 2000s i think it's way ahead of its time i'm sold these toy biz wcw figures just got so much better over time and this was a great example of that. This canon is one of the best Toy Biz WCW figures ever produced. Yeah, I actually don't own this figure, Will, so I never had it in my collection. Canyon, you know, he was a cool superstar. I remember him, you know, Mortis Canyon. Looking at the figure, I like the deco on the pants. I like the black and uh, blue. Yeah, man, it sounds great. Definitely going to have to add it to my collection. The Toy Biz line's definitely underrated, and I might be going down that road soon. I'm down that road already. It's a very, very underrated line. This line was released in the spring of 99. It didn't go for a long time because you had the demise of WCW in March of 2001. From 99 to 2001, they produced a lot of wrestling figures. I personally believe that it's probably WCW's best toy line. It's their third, the other two being the Gloob line in the early 90s and then the OSFTM line in the mid 90s. If you haven't heard of this Toy Biz WCW line, I suggest doing some research, look into the figures. I mean, they had so many series. They had these Power Slam series. They had the Unleashed series. They had the TNT series. They had theme series that are out of this world. But again, if you like regular wrestling figures, I would stick to the series like the Power Slam series or the Unleashed series. And they have some great figures that have great articulation. The head scans are true to life. And even the body molds are pretty accurate as well. Sometimes they get a little out of the box, but the paint app, the body molds and the head scans are great on these Toy Biz WCW figures. Well, no sweating this week, Joe. I actually loved opening this figure because it took me back to a line that I actually didn't collect and is one of the top lines in wrestling figure history. To our listeners, if you have not checked out the Toy Biz WCW line, specifically this Power Slam series that was released in 2000, you got to go. You got to get some for your collection. And the cards are terrible. They're bulky. They're big. Don't keep them in on card for life. We want you to bust it Tonight, we are going to witness the most 
anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. Are you ready? Wrestling fans, are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to And welcome to this week's main event. Joe, we're going back to 1987. We're going way back into the 80s. We're hitting the nostalgia button. And we have one of the grandest, greatest matches of all time. It's March 29th, 1987 in the Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. There are 90,000 plus in attendance. There are millions watching around the world to see Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. But guess what? Tonight, that's not our main event. Tonight, what stole the show, or what we think stole the show in the Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan in 1987, was the match between the challenger, Ricky Steamboat, and the champion, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Steamboat. For the IC title. And, Joe, this match was one of the best of all time. This match, Will, is definitely in my top 10. I used to have WrestleMania 3 on VHS that we recorded. You know, my uh, family ordered the pay-per-view. We had that VHS for a long time, and I used to watch this match over and over and over again. It's one of my favorite matches. One of my first matches I ever watched that got me into pro wrestling, so it always have a soft spot there. And two of my favorite professional wrestlers of all time in Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and the Macho Man Randy Savage. And there was some, there was some, uh, there was some time spent on this Will match beforehand. The build was about like six months. Basically began when Savage pushed Seamboat over the security rail. And then after that, he delivered an elbow shot, trying to crush Steamboat's throat into the rail, pretty much, you know, trying to put him out of action, crush his throat. And then after that, to make matters worse, he drops the ring bell onto his throat. So if all that wasn't enough, basically injuring his larynx and sending him to the hospital. So you could see what kind of build they were going for there. Then you got George the Animal Steel. He develops a crush on Miss Elizabeth during this whole feud. Yeah, man, it basically leads up to this match at WrestleMania 3. It does, Joe. And all that buildup was exactly how you put it. The George the Animal Steel thing was kind of weird to me. Throughout this whole feud, he comes out. He, like, at one point takes Miss Elizabeth away, I think, when she falls or something like that and makes sure she's okay. and. Randy's getting all crazy about it, but I don't know if it was necessary. I thought they always threw George in there to give Ricky the nod when I didn't think it was necessary personally, but that's just my opinion. Macho Man prior to this match was champion for 400 plus days, 14 to 15 months, man. I held the title for over a year. It's pretty impressive. It's unprecedented today. You know, I think he's 
one of the longest, if not the second longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time, uh, other than the Honky Tonk Man. You look at the background, you look at how Macho was just tearing through everybody in the WWF. This finally comes to a culmination, a six-month culmination at this pay-per-view, WrestleMania 3. And boy, it's amazing. The match itself, 14 minutes and 35 seconds. Not a long match. So 14 minutes plus, not a very long match, but a very substantive match. In that 14 minutes, they pulled all the shots. It was amazing. Macho Man came out first. And as you know here, when the champion comes out first, we know the ending for the most part. So then Ricky comes out second and again these are on these beautiful wrestlemania 3 ring carts so they're carted out to the ring because it's such a long way from the entrance to the actual ring they they're basically golf carts with rings and they drove them out to the ring ricky comes out second with georgie animal steel on the cart by the way thank you so much mattel i'm so happy that we're getting those ring carts finally Probably next year, maybe before the end of the year for our figure displays. You have that. Ricky comes out second. They're both in the ring. Earl Hebner is the ref. And what I always say about Earl in this match is just watch the referee throughout the match. The amount of pinfalls he did. The amount of exhaustion on his face. The amount of sweat that's coming off his body. Because Earl Hebner really... I don't want to say that this match makes Earl Hebner, but it really does, man. And not only that, it doesn't make Earl Hebner. It shows you how fast-paced this match was. It shows you how good of a match this was for that time. Yeah, it's a fantastic match, Will. It's a really fast-paced, back-and-forth kind of match. I mean, you mentioned the timestamp at 14 minutes, 35 seconds. You know, the start of the match starts off with, you know, some arm drags, a lot of crisscrossing with the ropes, and, of course, Macho in control first when the match begins. You know, typical how Macho's, uh, a lot of his matches begin. Ricky the Dragon definitely comes back. You know, he comes back, working the arm on the match, taking it to Macho. Macho in and out of the ring several times. Starts going after the throat, which he targeted months before the match. You know, Macho tries to target the throat. They go in and outside again. And Macho does a double axe handle. Gets back in the ring. Basically, you know, attempts pinfall after pinfall, Will. Yeah, this match is crazy during the middle. I mean, it is just all over the place. It's in and outside of the ring, in and outside of the ring. Macho at one point doesn't let Ricky inside of the ring. Ricky's on the outside of the ring. And then he takes control of Macho out there. Gets back in the ring. It's just this back and forth. You really don't know who has the upper hand. You want to say that Macho does for most part of this match? That's the thing. The chemistry in the ring between the two, you didn't really know who was better than the other. It was one of the matches where the storytelling is just so great because even though Macho Man is the champ and he does kind of have the upper hand, this isn't David and Goliath. This is a very even playing field and macho lets ricky get a lot in on him and ricky lets macho get a lot in on him as well it's intense there are roll-ups after roll-ups after arm drags i mean it's just amazing there's one point in the match i find to be extremely pivotal steamboat goes off the top rope hits the karate chop off the top rope I thought that was the end there. That was basically the dragon's finisher. And he gets the three count, but Hebner sees Macho's foot on the rope. So he says, no, 
no, no three count. They continue the match. And then after that, it's literally small package, sunset flip, roll up, reversals by Macho, reversals off of sunset flips. And Hebner is just counting all this stuff. And it is just wild. It's something like you've never seen before in a match. And then finally, because of all the reversals, Macho goes to reverse Steamboat into the ropes and Steamboat just hits into Hebner and he gets knocked out. Hebner gets knocked out by running into Steamboat. After that, Steamboat's down on the ground. Macho goes up for the big elbow. Boom, big elbow. No ref to count. And then we go to the finish. Yeah, so Savage was about to, you know, going back to what he used leading up to the match, about to use the ring bell again as a weapon. But this time, George the Animal Steel took it. George gets involved in the match, kind of waiting for that because George, you know, was on the outside. You're like, is he going to get involved in the match? And there he was saving uh, Ricky from getting hit with the ring bell again. So Macho goes to the top rope with it. Steel comes in, George the Animal. He knocks him off. And then while that's all going on, Hebner's getting up. When Savage attempts to give Steamboat a slam, Steamboat reverses it into the small package to get the win and become the new Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. You know, well, it was like a slow finish. Both men were pretty tired with back and forth, back and forth. That's pretty much what this match was. Very exhausting kind of match. So after all that, Savage going for the scoop slam, Ricky hitting the small package, winning the belt and beating Macho. You know, the crowd was just going nuts. They were really feeling that. And it was short lived for Steamboat. You know, he only held the title for about, I think it was about 65, something like that, 65 days before, you know, the hockey talk man taking that over. Yeah, that was a travesty, man. I remember that. I believe it was Superstars of Wrestling, Hockey. It was just a television show. And and I don't know the background to why he took the title from him, but it was a quick match. I believe there was some sort of involvement by Macho as well during that finish, if my memory serves correct. But the end of the match was, yeah, it was crazy. You knew you were going to get the interference by George the Animal Steel. He takes the bell, the ring bell from Macho. You think it's over, but Macho kicks him in the head, takes that ring bell back, goes to the top rope with it, and then George jumps up, knocks him off the top rope, and boom, there you have your finish. Even after the recovery, they both get up. He goes for that scoop slam, and it's just so slow. But Hebner played it out really good because Hebner landed with a one count. So Steamboat has Macho rolled up from the scoop slam, the reversal of the scoop slam, and Hebner just dives in with a one and then the two, three. He got it as best as he could because they were they were sitting there a little while in the package. He was just so exhausted. You know, everybody was exhausted, and it was just a testament to how great this match was. Crazy, fast-paced, 14-minute. I like to say the word a lot here, clinic. They put on a clinic in 1987, and they really changed the way professional wrestling was forever. So what we like to do at the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast is pick the wrestling figures that best represent the match. And we have two of the best wrestling figures of all time, in my opinion, or I would say three, because we're going to add another one in here. So we've chosen the defining moments, Macho Man Randy Savage. And this is the defining moments in his WrestleMania 3 attire and the Elite Flashbacks Walmart exclusive Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And lastly, because he was such a big part of this match, we have the George the Animal Steel 
from the Mattel WWE Legends Series 4. So let's start with the George Steele first. Absolutely love this figure. It is in his classic attire. He comes with a removable shirt, which has his classic black shirt with the kind of red detailing. Beautiful head scan, completely accurate with the blue tongue. He's got a hairy body, hairy painted body. And then his classic red and black titan red boots. He also comes with mine, which he did not have as a an accessory, I would say, during this match, but still a great accessory to have. And I absolutely love this Georgie Animal Steel figure. It's the best one ever created, I would say. Yeah, I agree, Will. I liked when Jax released the classic George the Animal, but when Mattel came out with the George the Animal Legends figure, I was all for it. This is, hands down, his best uh, wrestling figure. It looks great in the package. You know, you got the classic colored tongue, the green on the figure really pops. The hair looks great. The hair that they uh, painted on there with the arms, the chest, red boots with the shirt. Probably George the Animal's best wrestling figure. It has to be. The only thing that I think sets the classic superstars figure apart from this one is they did have a variant with quote unquote real hair. And I absolutely love that variant. Oh, yeah. I have that variant variant in my collection. That's the only thing that would put it a little higher than the Mattel. But I think they're on an even playing field. I wish Mattel had the real hair. I wish they incorporated that into their figures a little more. But I understand the cost of something like that is very high. So it's probably not in the budget. I would say that's kind of the preview to the two figures that best represent this match. The Macho Man Randy Savage. Defending Intercontinental Champion will start there. Love this Macho Man figure. This was from the second release of the Defining Moments series, which was produced in 2016 by Mattel. So this Macho is great. You have classic Defining Moments packaging, although it was shrunk a little bit from the previous Defining Moment releases. But you have Macho in this beautiful window box, in the robe, with the glasses, with the headband, with his classic 80s look on the back of the packaging you have a star cut out you can see the back of the robe it's just an amazing figure out of all the defining moments figures this is a highly underrated figure it doesn't go for a lot of money i don't understand why it's got the robe it's got the elite articulation this is one of my favorite macho man figures ever same here well i love this Macho Man Defining Moments figure. It looks great on the card. I also had this figure loose. Mattel really nailed the attire, you know, underneath the robe, the pink with the star trunks with the yellow knee pads, yellow boots underneath. Sometimes I wonder because, you know, the WrestleMania 7 Defining Moments, which we talked about episode one, is a great figure. I sometimes wonder why this figure is so cheap still and, you know, it's not really sought after. Sometimes, you know, well, I think it might have to do with the robe because if you look at it in the package, if you really look at it, it's the robe and Macho's head. The robe pr- pretty much takes up the whole freaking package and you can't really see what's underneath that. And to top it off, he doesn't come with his Intercontinental title. You know, even, you know, if he lost it, he entered WrestleMania 3 as the champ. So you think he would come with the belt and maybe in this case, the robe should be open. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Maybe people don't really, you know, not really into this figure that much. But if they're a men on car collector, the packaging with the figure with that 
giant robe with no title almost makes it look like an empty box with the figure inside. Like it's weird, man, the way I look at it, but that could be have a reason compared to all the other defining moments. You know, the packages really pop with the figure inside this one with that giant robe doesn't pop. Yeah. It just looks a little cluttered. I agree. It does maybe. And that's maybe why it's a little off putting to people, you know, first impressions. I personally love it. I think the robe is great. I agree. Maybe they should have had it opened a little bit, maybe throw the intercontinental title on his waist. I think this would have also been a perfect time to get that that 87 Intercontinental title with the W painted in red. We still don't have that, which I'm kind of disappointed in Mattel, but you know, we'll leave that conversation to another day. Yes, that's probably why this figure isn't that sought after. Moving on though, I do want to talk about the Elite Flashback Walmart exclusive Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This comes in the highly controversial last Walmart exclusive flashback series. However, you will be able to get this Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in the Fan Choice series, which will be released, I believe, again at Walmart coming this fall or early 2021. So if you did miss out on getting this elite style WrestleMania 3 Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, you will have another chance to get it. I absolutely love this figure. This is the third elite style Ricky the Dragon Steamboat figure that we got. He had his 2010 release in the Legends line, Series 1. He had his Defining Moments release. I believe that was just shortly after. You were talking about pretty much five to six years with no Elite Ricky the Dragon Steamboat releases until this one in 2018. Joe, it's remarkable. He had a basic 45 figure and a Kmart exclusive three pack, the 80s champions with this figure in it in basic form, the WrestleMania three figure but no elite style. I'm just baffled by that. Yeah, I know. I know they also made where he's in the yellow when he returned, uh, when he faced, uh, he was part of that match with Chris Jericho. I remember uh, he had the two pack with Jericho. That was another one. But yeah, no uh, no elite figures since that 2010 version. You know, you got a couple basic Ricky Steamboats over the course of his time with Mattel until the flashback. So uh, when they released the flashback, it's a great representation of Ricky the Dragon. I like... Ricky in, you know, the white tights, the white jacket with uh, Ricky the Steamboat on the back. And I like the white tights with the white boots. You know, you get the simple dragon logo on the side of each boot. I think it was overdue. And if you look at this macho and then you put this Steamboat with it, this Steamboat has the Intercontinental title, of course. It's a great representation of Ricky the Dragon in figure form. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is his WrestleMania 3 attire, Joe. <laughs> I mean... This is it. I mean, we're talking about figures that best represent the match. This is his entrance attire. This is his in-ring attire. He comes with the red headband. That white jacket, entrance jacket that he wore is completely decked out. It has the RS for Ricky Steamboat on the chest. It has the actual patch on the arm as well. And then on the back, the dragon in red with the green detail around it. Black belt, absolutely love the dragon design on the white boots. It just pops. And then he comes with a powdered blue globe intercontinental championship. Yes, this was the WrestleMania three, Ricky, that we were waiting for for those five or six years. 
They always teased it as a basic in Basic Series 45 in that 80s Champs Kmart exclusive Basic 3 pack, but never got it until this point. And then when we got it, nobody could find this thing. So collectors will be happy to have another chance to get this soon as Mattel released in their SDCC reveals this past week. So yes, that's why we chose these figures because they represent the match. And if you put all three of them together, you have pretty much a complete WrestleMania 3 depiction of the match between the Macho Man Randy Savage and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Listeners, that's the one, two, three for this week's main event. And don't forget to check back next week and every Saturday. We drop episodes of the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast every Saturday on all major podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SQD Circle AFP. And remember, the Squared Circle Action Figure Podcast is the gold standard in wrestling figure culture.